so our friend Chris is with us. He's with Compassion to Action. We are partnering with him. We are, we will, and we will continue to partner with him increasingly so. I've asked Chris to be with us this weekend to, to celebrate uh, what the Lord is doing with Compassion to Action, to minister to us. There's a grace upon his life that he's just going to just release that and minister to us. And I told him, I said, and I'm placing a demand on the anointing on your life as a, as a man who is passionate uh, about uh, evangelism. I said, Lord, let, the, let there be even a renewed spirit of evangelism and fruitfulness in evangelism in this house. I want to see 300 people born again by the end of this year. Yeah, I mean, that's easy, easily done. But, I mean, I want to see 300 disciples of people following Jesus, right? We have, we can easily have, we, we, have, we have the capacity. Discipleship happens in community, right? I mean, nobody follows Jesus alone. Nobody ever has. <laughs> if you're following Jesus, you're with other people who are following him. <laughs> that's enough of that. Why don't you do, uh, yourself and me and everybody, let's, let's honor our friend. Would you welcome Chris as he comes? Yeah, we can. Yeah, that's great. Well, it is an honor to be with you here this morning at Heritage Church. We had a great time last night. How many people were here last night with us? And the Spirit of the Lord just really touched a lot of people. Um, Brian and Lord, thank you so much for having us. We we just feel so uh, such an honor to be able to partner with you guys at Heritage Church, and it is an honor to be able to connect with each and every one of you, and also those that are watching online right now. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is uh, tugging on the heart of the church. He's tugging on the heart right now. And at the foot of the cross, we recognize our need. And we don't just recognize our need in the beginning of our salvation when we come to Jesus Christ, but we recognize our need through the journey and the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. We are in need right now. We are in need in America of a massive revival. We're in need of, of a move of God across America. And I believe that God is awakening the hearts right now. He is resuscitating the heart of the church. He is resuscitating the heart of the church. And this morning message really is about the resuscitation of the heart of the church in America and beyond. There's three things that we do at Compassion to Action. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down and you can ask yourself the question, how can I begin to do these three things? Number one, we reach the lost. We reach the lost. We have, a, we have a, an eternal perspective. So everything that we're doing is not about our life right now. It's not about what we can get. It's not about our comfort. It's about what we can really give and how we can reach people for the gospel and how we can see people Come to know this wonderful Jesus that we love and that has died on the cross and rose again the third day for us. So we have a passion to be able to reach the lost. The second thing that we have a passion to be able to do is make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. We have a passion to be able to see disciples made, not just converts. And there's a big difference. And the third thing that we have a passion to do is to put compassion into action. And love looks like something. Love looks like a life that is on display, that gives. And after all, when we look at the verse in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love, God's compassion compels us to give, to give of ourselves, to give of our life, to impact people. My beautiful wife, Stephanie, she greets you today. She is uh, five months pregnant. We are expecting another one on the way. We're very excited about that. And, uh, and she sends her love to you today, along with our little girl, uh, Brielle, who is five years old. And uh, she, she has so many baby dolls in her household right now. And we are literally thinking about starting an orphanage <laughs> of baby dolls. And... Uh, her favorite baby doll is called Dolly, and uh, Dolly is a very special baby doll, and uh, Dolly is unique, and uh, her name is unique in itself, Dolly. I mean, after all the names that she could have picked, she decided to pick Dolly, and uh, when uh, Dolly is not found in the Overstreet household, uh, there is a search and rescue mission. <laughs> she has to have Dolly every single night 
before she goes to bed. And, uh, and when she doesn't have Dolly, we have a, a prayer meeting in the Overstreet household. And, uh, and we pray, God, Lord, uh, let us find Dolly fast so she goes to bed <laughs> and sleeps through the night. And, and when we find Dolly, there is a celebration in the Overstreet household, just as if there is a celebration over one lost soul that comes to Jesus Christ. Jesus leaves a 99 and he goes after the one. I want to pray as we start. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence that is here, that is tangible. Once again, Holy Spirit, will you point us to the cross? We make no apologies for being passionate for what you've done for us, but also to the world. We make no apologies for having an eternal perspective. Holy Spirit, come. Point us to Jesus. Ignite our heart. I believe the vision that Brian and Laura have, 300 people to be saved by the end of the year. Lord, I pray that right now, as a church, as a family, Heritage Church, Lord, I pray right now that everyone would find themselves with their hand on the plow, believing that the vision is true. We pray for that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to introduce some of our team here. This is uh, some of our team that's with us. Um, This is Rieza. Rieza helps out uh, with Compassionate Action. She is over all of our partnership that we do at Compassionate Action. And Rieza is also an evangelist. She is an evangelist. And, you know, I believe that God is doing something right now with women in America. In the 1920s, if you study revival history, which I know that many of you have, we see in the 1920s that God raised up women in the 1920s to preach the gospel. I believe in 2020, 100 years later, God is doing the same thing in America. And if you're, if you're a woman, I, I want to encourage you to be a part of the conference that is coming here, that they're doing here. I believe that God is pouring his spirit out on women right now in America. I believe it. I believe that this is a time where women are going to rise and begin to preach the gospel with an eternal perspective and, and a perfect edge upon them to begin to prophesy and declare that Jesus is the son of God and he is coming back. He is coming back. He is the son of God that died and rose again and he will return in his power and his his glory. And uh, we also have Jen here. Jen is on our team here. And uh, God is raising up women here. And I'm telling you that God is in the place right now. If you're a woman, stand to your feet right now. I just want to pray uh, just the blessing of God. If you're watching online right now, I've got a prophetic word for you right now. I've got a prophetic word. God wants to raise up women in this hour like lioness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus for every woman that is standing and every woman that is standing in her house or wherever she's watching from her device. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you begin to prophesy to their spirit right now. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we have Brandon. Brandon McCollum is with us here as well. And Brandon is actually going to be leading our school, our school of compassion to action. So we're very excited about that. And just a little bit, I'm going to have Brandon come on up here and share a dream that he had that I believe is a, a, a dream that we need to take heed. You know, oftentimes God will speak in dreams. We see throughout the New Testament, God speaks in dreams. But I want to ask you three questions, and I've got a, a message that I want to share with you. Three questions. Now, these questions that I'm asking you, I'm asking myself as well. And so I'm going to ask you here at Heritage Church, but also those that are watching online um, and Heritage Church platform, but also my platform. I want to ask you these three questions. And these are the three questions that I believe that God wants us to respond to. Number one, do we believe in honor and follow the teachings that are in the Bible? Do we believe? Do we honor and follow the teachings in the Bible? Second question. Do we love God? Do we love people? And do we long for them to be saved? And for them to know Jesus? Do we love God? Do we love people? Do we long for them to be saved? And for them to know Jesus? 
third question that I'll ask you before we get into some scriptures that I'm going to share with you is, are we willing to sacrifice to the point that embraces change? We know that change is not easy. Are we willing to sacrifice to the point that embraces change? Knowing that change is not easy, but in the end result, it brings joy. Are we willing to sacrifice for the gospel? willing to sacrifice for someone else's salvation, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Just a moment, I want to share some scriptures with you. I've got a couple videos that that I want to show. I've got a video that I'll show in a moment, but right now I want to, I want to uh, show you our website. And I want you to be able to get familiar with our website because we have a, a lot of equipping resources on our website. Um, we have uh, right here on our website, CompassionToAction.com. As you can tell, we're passionate about these three things, reach the lost, make disciples, and put compassion into action. And uh, under the equipping page, if you go under the equipping page there, we have a lot of resources for the new believers. So if you are personally discipling someone right now um, that is a new believer, we've got a lot of resources here to be able to help you uh, that teaches about baptism. Um, also, the importance of forgiveness and forgiving others and how to read the Bible and the importance of reading the Word of God, how to be connected uh, to the body of Christ and how to uh, get alone with God. And that's really personally having a personal de- a devotion to Jesus Christ because understanding from the secret place when we meet with Jesus, that's when we're able to go into the public place and openly display his love and its power. And also the importance of obeying God and the importance of learning how to share your story. Now, let me just say this really quickly. Every one of you have a Jesus story. Every one of you, if you're born again, you have a Jesus story. And your Jesus story, if we look at um, Acts chapter 26, uh, Paul the apostle learned how to articulate his story. I believe that it's important for every one of us and the body of Christ to know how to articulate our story. And so on the website, we'll be able to show you how to be able to articulate your story, identify your story in three ways. What was your life before Christ? Now, some of you, you know, you've been saved uh, since you were a child. Well, that's a part of your story. You need to understand that if you've been born in a Christian family and you made a commitment at a young age, that is a part of your Jesus story. And that is something that you should not be ashamed of, but you need to be able to lift the banner high and say, I was born in a Christian family and my parents taught me the importance of loving God and loving people. That is something you should not be ashamed of. The second um, um, aspect of your Jesus story is uh, what was your life before Christ? But secondly, how did you meet Jesus? So you may have met Jesus at four years old, or you may have met Jesus when you're 40 years old. Let me just say this. The blood of Jesus Christ paid for all sins. So you say, well, man, I, I don't have a story like you, Chris. I, I've, never, I've never been in trouble with the law. I've never done any drugs. I've never drank. You know, you, you may have a, a lot of things that you say, I've never done this. But let me just tell you this. The blood that covered your life is the same blood that covered my life. The third thing about your Jesus story is what is Jesus doing in your life currently since you've met Jesus? Since you have repented and turned to Jesus, what is the grace of God doing in your life? What is he doing in you and through you? Everyone, if I, would, if I were to sit down and have a conversation with you one-on-one, every one of you should be able to say, since I've come to Christ, I love God because he first loved me, and I love people more. I love people more. Because the Bible says that they will know us by our love. I want to show you a video. And this video really is a declaration of God's love. It's a declaration of God's love for us, but also for the world. We make no apologies for being passionate about reaching the lost. We make no apologies of putting resources to reach the lost and dying world. I believe And we believe together that there is a revival that is springing forth in America. There's a revival that is springing forth. And in times like this that we live in, this is the time to be aggressive for the harvest. This is a time to be able to say, I want to move forward in the harvest. I'll tell you this story and then we're going to show uh, the video. 
and uh, World War II, at the time of World War II, where Hitler was in power, he uh, deceived the people and Germany that he was a good guy. How do I know this? Because Stephanie, my wife's grandma, was in Germany at that time. Was in Germany at that time when Hitler was in power. And Hitler deceived the people. And there was a man from America that was an evangelist. And this man had a passion burning in his heart for souls. And he saw the chaos and he saw the despair and he saw the confusion and he saw the complete spiritual death that was trying to come over all of Europe and invade all of the world. And this man, along with other individuals, says, I must reach Germany and Europe with the gospel. And he went in the midst of chaos and he threw out the nets and he preached the gospel. And my grandma, spiritual, or Stephanie's, uh, Stephanie's grandma, got born again on the ministry of an evangelist that said, in the midst of everything, I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she was baptized in the Holy Spirit under a tent because this man made a decision to preach the gospel in the midst of resistance. And I want to tell you, this is a time, there is great resistance in America, but this is a time for us to say, let's do this together. Let's reach the lost. Let's preach the gospel. Let's make disciples that will make disciples. Why? Because what we do now will echo in eternity and it'll impact generations to come. It'll impact generations to come. The reason why Stephanie loves Jesus and she's loved Jesus her whole life is because she had a grandma that passed down that heritage. Passed down that heritage to love God and to serve Jesus. Stephanie lived for Jesus her whole life since she was four years old. And that's her Jesus story. My Jesus story is different. But she loved Jesus her whole life because she had a grandma that was saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit under a tent. Let's roll that video, please. Together we are rallying around the cross of Jesus Christ because we want to make Jesus famous. And I feel like the Lord is saying right now in this hour, it's time for the church to get out of the church. It's time for the church to go mobile. You know, when we begin to pray about this truck, we, we felt, wow, this is incredible. It only makes sense to be able to get something like this that we can have teams go from location to location to location to location. I mean, we could hit city after city after city after city and preaching the simple message of Jesus. Preaching repentance and letting the fire of the Holy Spirit come because the reality is it's not our buildings that's going to change lives. It's the fire of the Holy Spirit and the spirit of repentance that comes on people's hearts and minds. But that only takes place through the preaching of the gospel. And I believe that God is mobilizing young people. He's mobilizing a generation that will go back to the cross and repent and say, I've made it about something else. I want to preach Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection. We're on schedule to pick up that trailer that you saw in the video, the third week of September. Third week of September. And I want to invite you to be a part of this. I want to invite you to be a part of the harvest. I want to invite you to, number one, pray for us. Number two, sow into it. And number three, to travel with us. Be a part of this. Travel. There are some individuals here that God will make, that he may call you. Maybe you're retired and he may call you to travel with a team, to be a mom and a pop, to be a mom and a pop and go on one of our tours. We're going to take this gospel truck all over America. We're going on tours and we're sending teams out. This gospel truck is not just going to be for compassion to action, but we are in partnership with other ministries. I told Sean, I said, Sean, you need something like this. We want to help. We want to be able to serve circuit riders. They go to campuses. They went to over 300 campuses last year. We say circuit riders. We want to help you. We want to help serve you. We want this vehicle on the road every single weekend out of the 
year. We want to be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to be making disciples that will make disciples that will make disciples. I want to invite you to be a part of this. Um, Bill Johnson, uh, spiritual father of mine, uh, we are going to be having a, a call online um, on the 2nd, uh, September 2nd, and information is on our website. If you want to join us for that vision cast for the Gospel Trek, um, feel free to join us and sign up for that. Please turn to your Bible to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 16, and as we're turning to uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 16... I want to share a story with you, a true story. Um, yesterday, I, I don't often read the news uh, when I wake up, but um, I did yesterday. And there was a young girl at the age of four that was lost at sea, lost at sea. And she was on a blown up unicorn, a little floaty, and she was lost at sea. And, um, and there was a ferry that, um, a ferry boat that was going through the area and some of the, um, passengers spotted this young girl floating on this device, a unicorn. And so they pulled over and they got her and they rescued her. And as I watched that video, I began to repeat to myself, I just began to say to myself, isn't the church like a ship that rescues people? Lost at sea? Isn't the church, the purpose of the church, a rescue boat that throws out lifelines, that rescues individuals that are lost at sea and drowning? Years ago, I was at a lake and I had some friends of mine and we went to a lake and we were doing some swimming. It was uh, early in the spring in Redding, California. And it was a little bit uh, colder than normal, of course, in the summer where the water is quite warm. So it was a little bit chillier. And uh, as we began to swim, I noticed that one of the young men that was with us um, began to wave his hands like this, began to wave his hands. And, and at first I'm thinking, you know, he's joking. But then I looked at his face and I saw the terror that was in his eyes. It was about 50 yards away. I saw the terror in his eyes and I realized he's not joking. My friend is drowning right in front of me. He's drowning right in front of me. So I had a little buoy. I swim with the buoy sometimes if I go out uh, long distance swimming. I used to do triathlons. And, um, and I swam over there very fast. And, and I gave him my buoy. And that day, I, I recognized there was no lifeguard on duty. There was no lifeguard there. We were the lifeguards. And we were called to save our friend. And I want to say this, that the body of Christ cannot look at each other and say it's just the evangelist's responsibility. It is not just the evangelist's responsibility. Jesus Christ did not die for the body of Christ just for one-fifth of the body of Christ to be passionate about souls. God is resuscitating the heart of the church in America right now to revisit the cross. And we're going to discover a couple passages here. And then we're going to pray. And then I'm going to have Brandon share a dream that he had. Mark chapter 1 verse 16. If you have your Bible, say, I am there. And he walked by the sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And when they had gone a little bit further from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. your Bible to Mark 8, 34. Mark 8, 34. We're going to tie these scriptures all in together. Mark 8, 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. 
For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man, also will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and his father with the holy angels. Now, please turn to your Bible to Acts chapter 26. We're going to read one more passage, and then I'm just going to share some thanks from my heart, and then I'm going to have Brandon come and share that dream. Acts chapter 26. We're going to start in verse 12. Acts 26, starting in verse 12. This is Paul, and he, he recounts his conversion. We're going to read just a part of it. Well, thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me, and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me, saying, in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the coast. So I said, why? Or, uh, so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand to your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will Yet will yet be revealed to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes. Key verse to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and the inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. the first chapter of Mark, we see Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee, and then he calls his disciples to follow him. And I find it very interesting in this story, in this passage, that Jesus never tells him where he is going. He just says, follow me. In 2000, of January 2000, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Chris, if you trust me, and if you take a hold of my hand, I'll do a work in you that you never thought would take place. And I'll take you places that you never thought you'd go, but you have to trust me. And in the vision, I saw the Lord's hand stretched from heaven. And he said, grab a hold of my whole hand, not just with one finger, two fingers, or three fingers, or four fingers. But with your whole hand, take a hold of my whole hand, and watch what I will do in your life. In the vision, I grabbed a hold of God's hand. And the tornado came and sucked me up and began to change and transform my life. Here in this passage, and in Mark chapter 1, Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and he's saying, follow me. But he doesn't tell them where he's going. But the word follow is an invitation of trust. It's an invitation of surrender. And then we see in Mark chapter 8, that whoever desires to save his life must lose his life. Whoever desires to save his life must lose his life and follow Jesus. At the foot of the cross, we recognize our need. At the foot of the cross, we recognize who Jesus is and what he has done for us. When I was 18 years old, I met Jesus. And I did not meet him in a church building as, as amazing as the buildings that God has provided for us. I didn't meet him there. I met him in a jail cell when I was 18 years old. And I'm so glad that there was a man named Mike that had enough courage to speak truth to me while I was incarcerated. I'm so glad that Mike had the courage to tell me what I really needed in life instead of just patting me on the back and acting like everything was okay. He spoke truth to my spirit, and I did not like it. I was offended at him that he had uh, the, the enough courage to tell me that I needed Jesus. I didn't want Jesus. I wanted myself. I wanted to be in charge of my life. I wanted to be, the, if you will, the shepherd of my own soul. I wanted to be the one that said, this is what I will do and this is how I will do it and I will live my life the way that I want my life because I am in charge. 
Little did I know that there was someone named Jesus that actually gave me the very breath in my lungs. Little did I know that I was not the one that was the shepherd of my soul. I was not the one that was in charge of my life. I was just a receiver of the person that gave me life, and his name is Jesus Christ. On the second day when I was in jail, I recognized three things, three things that has changed and altered the course of my life. Number one, Jesus is the son of God. He is the son of God. He died on the cross for me. He died on the cross for me and he rose again the third day. Number two, that I am a sinner. And my path is the path that is leading me to hell because broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to life. And I was on the path of myself, self-gratification. What can I get out of this life? What can I spend for myself? It was all about Chris Overstreet. I live for me. I live for what I could get and what I could take from people to only satisfy myself. Number three, I realized this. I didn't have to go to hell because Jesus paid for my sin. And in the midst of my sin, of the awareness of my need, when the spirit of conviction came and I took a Bible from Mike, the conviction didn't just leave me hanging. Jesus gave me a lifeline. He gave me the gift of repentance. And it's a gift. He didn't leave me in my misery of the realization that I'm a sinner. He threw the lifeline of forgiveness. He threw the lifeline of a fresh start. He threw the lifeline to me and say, Chris, there is another way. I am the way. I am the way. And I took that Bible and I opened that Bible up and I said, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Change me, God. I need you. I've done so many bad things and I've hurt so many people, but I hear that you have the power to forgive me. Come, save me, change my heart, change my life. I weighed 400 pounds at the time in the natural. And when I received Christ, I literally felt like a 900 pound weight came off my shoulders and my chest. I knew that I'd been forgiven. And the invitation that Jesus gives us is the invitation of trust, surrender, to follow him. Oftentimes, God will ask us to do something. Last year, the Lord spoke to me prophetically. I'm not a prophet. I'm an evangelist. But I've noticed throughout the scriptures that you don't have to be a prophet for God to speak to you. Think about this, Ananias. You would think that God, that God, if he's going to reveal one of the biggest revelations to mankind, you'd think he'd speak to a prophet, but he didn't. And so what I'm going to share right now is very controversial. He didn't speak to a prophet. He spoke to a disciple named Ananias. He spoke to a disciple a disciple that loved Jesus, a disciple that followed Jesus. And in the word of the Lord, when the word of the Lord came to Ananias, Ananias, when the vision came, he received revelation, he received interpretation, and he received direction. He received direction and application when the word of the Lord came to him. And that was that Saul God was going to use Saul, the one that was persecuting the church, to impact the church. I want to tell you right now that God is speaking to everyday people. He's giving the invitation to everyday people, and the word of the Lord comes in many different ways. The number one way that we can hear God is through his word. You want to hear God? Read your Bible. Be devoted to the word of God. But secondly, if you want to hear God speak to you in different ways, ask him to recognize his voice. You know, right before the coronavirus hit, 
I said to the Lord, I said, God, I, I have this desire. I, I've, I've seen you do incredible miracles through my life. But I have this desire. I want to be used even more. And I knew that I was having a meeting with someone. And I, and I knew that I was going to be talking with an individual that was probably the first time I've really had a conversation with them over lunch. And I knew that we were going to go to Red Robin. I know that there are a lot of people that love Red Robin here. Do you guys like Red Robin? Some of you are actually checking out and you're thinking about Red Robin right now. Okay, I saw the glaze over some of your eyes. I'm not offended. So I knew that we were going to go to Red Robin, and I knew that the Holy Spirit lived inside of me. I knew the Holy Spirit wanted to get out of me, and I said, God, I'm hungry for more of the activation of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to see more people healed. I want to see more people saved. I'm not satisfied with stories of years ago. I'm hungry for the now. I'm hungry for the now. I don't want to feast on old bread. I want to feast on what you're doing right now. I said, Lord, what do you want to do? And all of a sudden, I had a picture in my mind. And the picture was this. Whoever waits on you will have a stomach issue. They will have stomach issues, and I will heal them. And so we sit down at this booth, and the waitress comes towards us to get our, our order. And uh, we order our food. And sometimes God... You know, you'll, you'll forget, and then the word of the Lord will come back to you and remind you. And um, so I'm sitting down, and I see this lady and her husband walk in. And they sit right across from us, a, a booth right behind us. And in the spirit, I saw that she had pain in her neck and her shoulder, in the spirit. And so I, I, as I sit down, I go over, and I said, excuse me, ma'am, when you walk by, um, I saw the healing presence of God on your neck and your shoulder. Do you need, do you need healing? And she said, yes. And I said, I want to pray for you. So I prayed for the power Jesus came on her and she was healed. Right after that, I was, I was telling my friend that I was sitting with and, having, and getting ready to have lunch with what happened. Then the waitress came forward. And, um, and all of a sudden I remembered, the Lord wants to heal whoever waits on him. And I said to the waitress, I said, by any chance... Um, do you have any pain in your stomach? Because last night when I was praying, I asked God to show me what he wanted to do. And he showed me that whoever waited on us would have a stomach issue, a stomach problem. And she looked at me. She was in shock. She said, you're kidding me. I said, no, I'm not kidding you. Jesus wants to heal you. And she was so emotional. She said, yes, I've been having stomach issues. I feel like my stomach is in a tight knot. I said, the Lord is going to heal you right now. And I, I stood up. I, I laid my hands upon her. And I prayed for her. And the power of Jesus Christ came on her. She began to tremble under the power of God. She began to weep and cry. As the Lord Jesus Christ took that demon of infirmity out of her stomach. And she was instantly healed by the power of Jesus Christ in Red Robin. Well, that miracle spread in Red Robin. She told her co-workers. She told her husband. I came back a week later to Red Robin. And someone else got healed. Because they heard the testimony and we prayed for her and she got healed. Came back again. Apparently... We go to Red Robin a lot. In fact, <laughs> Brian and I just went to Red Robin the other day. And there was a woman that got born again. She was walking out, and I, I felt the presence of God rest upon her, and, and I saw that she was in pain, and we went on, I went over there and prayed for her. And the power of God came on her, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ and, uh, and started her journey with Jesus. So these miracles that Jesus talks about in the word of God are still for today. And we are in a search and rescue mission. And my dear friends, God is not looking at an age. He's looking at a heart to say, do we have time? Because there are many people that have watches, but they refuse to make time. They refuse to make time. They are on their time schedule and not on God's time schedule. They do what's convenient for them and not what is convenient for God. 
I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ never wanted it to make it about us. Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I want Brandon to be able to come on up here and share that dream quickly and then and then we're going to land this plane. I want to pray. And uh, I believe that God is stirring up things in our heart. Good morning, everyone. You guys hear me? Yeah. So it was about two, no, not last night, but the night before at a dream. And I love it when the Holy Spirit speaks because when he does, in his words is grace to be transformed. Whether it's through a messenger, whether it's through his word, whether it's just through that, that rhema connection with the Holy Spirit, his grace is there to transform us, yeah? So I, I, I fall asleep, and, and I'm, I'm in the middle of this subway. And I, I can see this, the subway is really full. It's a tunnel, and there's a door behind me. And I see there's people lining the wall waiting for this, this train on both sides. And, and something strikes my heart and grips my heart because I realize all of these people are waiting to get on a train to take them to hell. And just like the clock behind, behind us, this, this red countdown, um, there was a countdown on the door behind me. And I knew that there was only so much time before they were going to get picked up and there was only so much time before I had to leave and go through that door myself. It was the way out. And I started looking around, and there was all these different faces that I could look at. And I, I looked at one man, and he, he was bitter. He was angry. He was holding on to all this baggage. I look over. There's, there's another family. And, and, and this, this one really struck me because I knew they were all Buddhists, and, and they were sitting there. And they looked content if you looked at their face. It, you look at the emotion on their face. They, they seemed content. But just like everyone else in that tunnel, they were gray and lifeless, and I realized, I was like, God, we have to preach the gospel. So, so I start standing up, and I start sharing with everyone in there, you're on your way to hell, but Jesus has life for you. He has the forgiveness of your sins. Either place you go, it's going to cost you your whole life, but one gives you life in return. Surrender your life to Jesus. And so I go around, and people start waking up. Their, their, their color comes back into their, their face. Uh, their eyes open up, and they start leaving through that door. They start taking the doorway out, and, and it, was, it was incredible. I, I remember I approached one man. Uh, this, this is a man I, I know. I, I go to church with him. There's a call of God in his life, but he was in that tunnel as well. And he, he looked at me, and he had a shopping cart full of stuff, full, full of um, material things. And, and he's like, well, can I take all this with me? I said, you can't take anything with you. And we're finding right now, as, as we're out on the streets, as we're sharing the gospel with people, that people are crying out for forgiveness. That, that people are crying out for something more. I, I love what Chris is talking about, because to, today, right now, there's a grace on the church to proclaim the gospel in boldness. And I believe just like what happened in that subway, people are going to stand up, leave their baggage behind, and walk through the door, the door that leads to life. And so I woke up that morning, and, and I said, I was like, God, what, I, I know you're saying something clear. I, I, know, I know this is from you. And, and I began to think of Romans 10, and I just want to read a couple scriptures from there. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call in him, on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. I'd like to invite you to hold your hands out. I believe the vision that Brian has. 300 souls being saved by the end of the year. I know it's possible. I see it in my spirit. I see disciples that are making disciples that are making disciples. I see multiplication. 
But I know this. If that vision is going to come to pass, which I believe it will, it's going to require the flexibility of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It's going to require. Lord, whatever you're going, I want to go. Whatever you're doing, I want to do. It's going to require a boldness. And I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring up people right now. God's going to visit people and talk to you and reveal to you what it looks like for you. Some of you just need a jump start. And um, in closing, I want to invite you. Every Saturday, Brian and Laura have invited us to use this facility to begin to train and equip people to reach the community, to reach people for the gospel. I want to personally invite you to come here on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. It's called The Reach. We want to reach people in this area and this community for Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. We thank you, God, for churches rallying around the cross of Jesus Christ, putting their egos aside, saying, Lord, I love you. Right now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your power. Some of you need a fresh start with Jesus. Start afresh today by putting your faith in him. Asking for forgiveness. Don't let your past manipulate your future. There's forgiveness with Jesus. If you're watching online, there's forgiveness with Jesus. Bible says that if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Wherever you're at, no script. Just confess. Say, I need you, Jesus. I want the narrative to change in my life. I want a new chapter to begin with life. Life more abundantly. Stir up my heart, Lord, to have an eternal perspective. I'm not in this for myself. You've opened my eyes. You've opened my eyes. Spirit, I pray that you descend upon people right now and you release your healing power, Lord. You release your grace to go and make disciples, Lord. That you'd release your grace, Lord. Let them think about it. Let them dream about them. Let it. Let them be overwhelmed, Lord. Let them even weep for the lost, God. I pray for that, God. That, that in the secret place when no one else is around, God, that they would find you tugging on their heart. And, you would, and they would find themselves just weeping over what you weep over, God. And that's people that don't know you. Where violence rage on our streets, Lord. Where people steal, kill, and destroy, Lord. The author of destruction is overplayed his hand. His name is Satan. He's a liar. And Father, I pray for the church to arise with great courage like you spoke to me, God. In 2019, December 7th, you told me, Lord, that 2020 would be a year of courage. So, God, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you would put courage in people's hearts and lives to do what you said that they can do. Lord, I pray for that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now that you break the fear of man off of people right now. God, that you would establish great love, great courage, God. Holy Spirit, come, Lord, with fire, God. I pray in the name of Jesus, God. I pray for this heavenly vision, Lord, of America. America bowing its name to Jesus Christ, God. Let it be infiltrated in their heart, God, and their life, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God is giving you a strategy to reach your community for Jesus Christ. So are we. It's the body of Christ. We stand side by side. Walking together and coming under the name that is above every other name. 
the name of Jesus Christ. We salute you, Jesus. We honor your blood that has never dried up, that is flowing right now, that is prophesying people's future of redemption and forgiveness and life and life more abundantly in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Father, in the name of Jesus, break the back of the devil and destroy hell through the church of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. We just thank you. It was the, If you have an amen in your heart, would you just let that out with either your mouth? Amen. Yeah, that's so good. Praise the Lord. Listen, we're going to close our service right now, but we want to give you an opportunity again, um, if you would like, and I've got my phone out because text to give is so super easy, whether you're sitting here in the building or online, um, then text the word guest. Um, we we want to give, how, how does that go? A, a worthy of his calling. Just tell me what it is. Just say it. Yes, send him on his way in a manner worthy of his, oops, of the Lord. That's it. That's what we want to do. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, we, we, we want to bless Chris and compassion. Exactly. We want the scriptures say that when we receive someone, that we send them on their way in a manner worthy of the Lord meaning we send them on their way as if we were sending Jesus. And we treat them with the same honor. And so what she's about to tell you is that you can, you can use the word guest on our text to give, and that'll go to everything will go toward Chris and compassion to action. You can also use the same word on envelopes or whatever else you need like that. But let's, let's use that word if you don't mind. That'll help us know exactly where it goes. Yeah, and I, and, and I just want to also just encourage, so, so I'm getting ready to do that. And also, if you want to partner specifically with that amazing bus mobile, I don't know, I, you guys are calling it a truck, but I mean, it is, that is, I want to say wicked awesome, but it's totally awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that was like a transformer. Uh, so cool. It's the gospel transformer bringing the transformation to life. Come on. That's right. That's right. But seriously, that's it. But yeah, forget Optimus Prime. It's Holy Prime. Okay, I'm done. Go to Compassion to Action's website, which is on our site for that specific giving. But partner with us today. Text to give, guest, word guest. Let's bless them on your way out the door. Thanks for joining us online. We're saying goodbye to you now. And everybody here, we love you. Thank you for being here again, too. We love everybody online. Goodbye. See ya. Give. Give.